Hello and welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I am Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. Now, this time we're going to talk about an interesting psychological thought. It being this, how external factors influence how we appreciate art on the one hand, or how these same external factors contribute to our not being drawn to art. It's not as simple as just looking at a painting and liking it, or listening to a song and liking it. Sometimes external factors affect the way that we perceive things. It happens all the time. For example, if my name was Rusty, would you hear this podcast in the same context as my name being Chris? How about if I identified as Christopher instead of Chris? Would you take it more seriously, less seriously, the same? See, when it comes to external influence on how we perceive art, one of the walls to be broken down, especially in the exploration of music, is what we're going to call the horrible band name. Now, let me qualify that what you feel is a horrible band name. See, it's not always so obvious. Some may be regal to you while ridiculous to others. Pet Shop Boys might be a good example here. While some may sound totally silly and juvenile to some, but perfectly descriptive and anthemic for others. Really think about the actual word Metallica in this case. You see where I'm going? Has the name of a band ever held you back from admitting that you like the band? It did for me, though I can honestly say I don't care so much now. Still, even as I have become more open, I have to admit it's easier to actually say the words The Clash in a crowded room than it would to maybe say Hootie and the Blowfish. Now, I think on some level, it actually does matter. It doesn't take away from the music necessarily, but it takes away or adds to the perception. Think of this, before settling on the band name R.E.M., the band actually had the name Twisted Kites on their shortlist. Now, do you think they would have gotten as big if they were named Twisted Kites instead of R.E.M.? Perhaps, I don't know. And what's interesting is that the name R.E.M. was just pulled at random by Michael Stipe from a dictionary. But either way, it's a safe bet then that the choosing of a band name could make the band sound cooler or not overall. Let's try it together. What if, say, the band The Goo Goo Dolls were initially introduced to the world as, let's see, how about Mockingbird? Would that change the perception of the band? Or, or let's imagine that Huey Lewis and the News were instead called Inertia or Depth of Vision. Would you have heard their music differently? 
Come on, be honest. After all, this is Rusty that you're talking to. Something else I find both wonderful and funny is when people shorten band names in casual conversation. It happens all the time. With that, I sincerely ask you this. Why? The Rolling Stones become the Stones. Depeche Mode becomes Demode. <laughs> or as I have heard others simply call them, Pesh. We also had Zeppelin. Or J-Lo. Again, why? Seriously, how is it difficult on any level to simply say the entire name of a band or a person? Is it really that hard? Help me with this. One thing, though, is for certain. It is so hard to be a band and to choose a name. If you've never done it, you don't know. Honestly, you not only have to like it today, but if you're successful, you have to like it forever. It, it feels similar to naming a child in that sense. It's only much, much less important in the big picture, especially when one has had both experiences. So I totally feel for bands that want to get it right. In fact, I have total freeness of speech. I once was in a 1980s hard rock band. Are you ready? Named Contagious. That said, you want to you hear some Contagious? Who wants to hear some Contagious? You know you do. Well, I dug out a tape from an old box just for you. These were mostly played live in a garage with minimal overdubbing. Our singer's favorite band at the time was Motley Crue, or The Crew, see above. And it's pretty evident. <laughs> so here goes. This features a 15-year-old Chris Levine on the drums. Now, listening to it now for teenagers, we weren't by any means terrible. So, Ryan Jones and Sean Robeson, if you're out there somewhere, thanks for the memories. The first song we're going to play is a track called I'm Gone, and the second is a song called Into the Groove. Again, guys, sorry for the quality. This is very 1980s Tascam four-track sunset strip ready rock. That said, off we go.
94.7 KMET, rocking Los Angeles with some contagious on your FM dial. Hey, they'll be at the Country Club in Reseda this weekend. Doors open at 7, and this is not a pay-to-play gig. So go support them and help these boys out. We're going to be right back with Burning Like a Flame, which is the new one by Dokken, right after a word from Barbizon. Whether you want to be a model or just look like one, Barbizon will teach you how to make the most of you. One last point on our topic, and that is an artist themselves may draw us or repel us when it comes to their art. What do I mean? Well, here's an example. I once heard a folky kind of song that was kind of like a little Nick Drake-ish, and I totally dug it. This is years ago. I didn't know who it was. In fact, it was on a tape someone made for me. Uh, just by saying it was on a tape kind of gives the time frame, you know, some point of reference. But this song just sounded so earthy and cool. It was called Look at Your Game, Girl. I, I listened to it a ton because it was on this mixtape, and I really liked the tape. Well, years later, thanks to Mr. Internet, that again, giving this time frame another point of reference, I finally found out who did that song. Guess who? It was Charles Manson. Wait, what? I... I remember that being so unbelievably confusing. I liked the song, but now could I in, in good conscience support the fact that the artist was Charles Manson? Then I thought, well, does it matter? You see, then it wasn't just about the art or simply listening to a song. Again, an external factor contributed to my taking in this art differently now. I mean, either way, whether I excuse it or whether I don't, how can I hear it the same way now? So yes, to close, we are influenced somewhat by external things when it comes to art, even down to a band's name. But that's not a bad thing. It's just another part of what makes us individually us. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to push you in a specific artistic direction against your will. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, What's in a Name? playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash What's in a Name? I took good songs that just happen to be named after famous artists on this one. Track number one, Escher by Teenage Fan Club. Track number two is The Stranglers with the song Goodbye Toulouse. Number three, The Modern Lover, Jonathan Richmond with No One Was Like Vermeer. He had like at least three songs about artists. I pulled this one. Number four, Some Psych by the 23rd Turnoff, and the song is called Michelangelo. Number five, Adam and the Ants with Picasso Visita el Planeta de los Simios. Number six, Book of Love 
with Madiani, Lost in Your Eyes. Number seven, some fun surf punk from the band Sonic Surf City, and the song is called Botticelli. Number eight, Sandy Nelson, with the cool and extremely, extremely 60s sounding instrumental called El Greco. Number nine, Sunny and the Sunsets with Mondrian. And finally, number 10, off of his Hunky Dory record, which is one of my favorites by him, we have David Bowie with the song Andy Warhol. Well, that is our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash what's in a name. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Um, our demographics report now shows that we have listeners in Brockton, Massachusetts. That's very cool. Welcome to Refresher. You know what's funny, guys, is in the UK, England and Scotland always arm wrestle for who listens to this show the most. It's like every other week, it's one or the other, just by a couple of points one way or the other. This week, it was a dead tie. 50-50. So who's going to prevail? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned next time for another exciting episode, and you will find out. This show simply would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends, that would be great. Also, if you'd like to keep this podcast stay up and running, only if you'd like, you may make a small monthly contribution just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. You can do as little as 99 cents a month, and it'll help keep the doors open, so to speak. Now, if you're inclined, that would be great. But whether you do or whether you don't, please don't worry about it. Just feel free to listen and enjoy any time that you like. That is perfectly okay. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please do me a favor. Take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.